0: Hi everyone and welcome to Spill It, the Gwinnett County Public Library's podcast all about YA literature where two of us love YA and one does not. I'm Catherine, Teen Services Librarian, and I love YA.
1: I'm Patty, Youth Services Manager, and I also love YA. And I'm Sarah, Youth Services Specialist, and I still don't love YA. I'm sorry, but I'm not really sorry. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I was going to say
0: okay, but it's not really okay.
2: And you just keep apologizing. I'm going to just <laughs> let you see how long How long can you go. I well, think forever. She's done. She doesn't really mean it anyway. Um, what are you reading right now? I just
0: finished something. I'm not currently reading anything. What did you finish? Talk about? Um, I just finished The Guinevere Deception by Kirsten White it's the first book in the camelot rising trilogy it is from one of my subscription boxes so i'm still making progress there. and that's been
2: a while because i have that book sitting on my shelf and every yeah. time i look at it i think oh that's two years old i should maybe read that book
0: i did really like it so i do recommend okay. um, but i'm a sucker for anything king arthur related there are a lot of twists and deviations to the story in this one but i'm afraid to say too much because i don't really want to spoil anything i guess the biggest one i can't spoil because it's in the description Guinevere isn't really Guinevere in this one. She's a changeling that Merlin has put in Guinevere's place. The real Guinevere is dead. Oops. But this Guinevere is is not dead. This Guinevere is there to...
2: (laughs) I hate it when I lose my (laughs) Guinevere. Thank goodness they're not both dead. That would be a whole different zombie version of the story. (laughs) But this Guinevere
0: is there to protect Arthur and all of Camelot. Okay. That's why it would be the Guinevere deception. Yep. So that's why I was like, I don't really feel like I'm spoiling anything with that one. It's right
2: there in the title.
1: Yeah. What about
2: you, Patty? Are you reading anything? I am, I just started a new one called Little Thieves. It's also something I got in one of my book boxes. So um, it's by Margaret Owen, and it is a retelling sort of, of the Goose Girl myth. And um, like I said, I've just started it, so I really couldn't tell you very much about it. I'm about a chapter or so in, <laughs> and I fell asleep last night. So, <laughs> But I'm very excited. The sequel just came out, and um, one of my friends says it's very good, and the main character is very snarky, and it's very funny. So I'm looking forward to reading this one. I like a snarky girl. I do love a snarky girl.
0: Maybe because I am one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no. Certainly not. (laughs) I am a lady. Thank you very much. (laughs) You can be a snarky lady. What about you, Sarah?
1: I am reading one um, by T. Kingfisher, one of my favorite authors. So this is not a young adult, but it is called A House with Good Bones, and it's a new one out, and it is about um, a woman who is an entomologist, archaeologist, But she goes home to her mother's house because there's been a problem with the dig, and uh, things are really freaky there. It's Her her mother lives in the house that used to belong to the grandmother, and when she goes home, her mother's acting weird, and she's made a lot of changes around the house, and basically there's going to be spooky stuff going down. Oh, dear. But. T. Kingfisher writes with so much humor. I just love that. And then there's a lot of, like, sciencey bits in there since the protagonist is an entomologist. I love that, so.
2: Are they the person that wrote um, Nettle and Bone?
1: Yes. Okay, that's why I know the name. Yes. Yes.
2: Did you pick that up at ALA?
1: Yes, and she was supposed to be there signing, but she had canceled. Oh. Yeah. I still got the book, so.
0: Me too. Not that anyone cares. Oh, <laughs> we care very deeply. I'm just saying, when you read this one, I'm I would love to chat wise. about it with I'm you. I'm saying listener-wise. Oh, okay. Nobody's going to care that I also picked up that book. I went to ALA <laughs> and I got these books. Right? Uh,
1: the American Library Association Conference for those who are not library schooled. That's true. We should. Library jargon, man. Too much of it.
0: I also got a advanced reader copy of another T. Kingfisher. It's a, it's a dark fairy tale. About a frog and a princess. I've barely started that. So I guess I could have said I started that.
2: That sounds fun, though. Yeah. You know many a story about a frog and a princess.
1: I find her writing charming. All right. Wait. So what are we talking about this week?
2: Well, I chose The
0: Davenports by Crystal Marquis. It's told through the eyes of four young women living in Chicago in the early 20th century. Olivia, Helen, Amy Rose, and Ruby, who are navigating the intricacies of love for the first time. I chose this one probably for the cover, and we will get into the cover talk soon, but it also had a, like a unique storyline, or what I was hoping was going to be a unique storyline, but anyway, more about that later. Let me read the publisher's description for you. In 1910, the Davenports are one of the few black families of immense wealth and status in a changing United States. Their fortune made through the entrepreneurship of William Davenport, a formerly enslaved man who founded the Davenport Carriage Company years ago. Now the Davenports live surrounded by servants, crystal chandeliers, and endless parties, finding their way and finding love even where they're not supposed to. There is Olivia, the beautiful elder Davenport daughter, ready to do her duty by getting married until she meets the charismatic civil rights leader, Washington Dwight and Sparks Fly. The younger daughter, Helen, is more interested in fixing cars than falling in love, unless it's with her sister's suitor, Amy Rose, the childhood friend turned maid to the Davenport sisters, dreams of opening her own business and marrying the one man she could never be with, Olivia and Helen's brother John. But Olivia's best friend Ruby also has her sights set on John Davenport, though she can't seem to keep his interest, until family pressure has her scheming to win his heart just as someone else wins hers. This is the first book in a breathless new series, The Davenports, and it offers a glimpse into a period of African-American history often overlooked, while delivering a totally escapist, swinworthy read inspired by the real-life story of C.R. Patterson and his family, it's the tale of four determined and passionate young black women discovering the courage to steer their own path in life and love. So let's do cover talk before we get into anything else. Let's. It's purdy. So I did say I chose the book by the cover and... There are two different covers already, which is kind of interesting to me since the book just recently came out. That's the Barnes & Noble special edition cover. Okay. You can't see it, but Sarah is holding that special edition cover. The one I first saw is like a bright yellow. It still has like a metallic sheen to it, but everything on the cover is yellow with accents of white. So all the characters are wearing yellow and white. The cityscape is in a darker yellow on a lighter yellow background. I think I actually like the Barnes and Noble color, uh, cover better. I
2: like both
1: of them. Yeah,
0: the <laughs> I, I like the and Barnes and Noble one because it offers a little more
1: color. It's got metallic, instead of it being straight yellow, it's like metallic gold. You've got Olivia and- But there's also some blue and I feel like a little green showing through. Yeah, maybe so. It's Olivia and Washington, I'm guessing. Or maybe that's John. I'm not sure who it is that's I, with her on the cover. I was thinking it was Olivia.
0: It could have been Olivia and Mr.
1: Lawrence. It could be. It's definitely but Olivia, I kind my of, opinion. Definitely Olivia and, then and a guy. And in the background, you can see Amy Rose. And I'm not sure which of those is Ruby and which is I Helen. Was, but.
0: The middle one is Ruby. I was looking on uh, Penguin had like a meet Ruby Tremaine and meet Helen. Oh, okay. And so it like centered on just their picture on the cover or who Got they it. were saying is them. Uh, you can tell who Amy Rose is because Amy Rose is wearing a maid's uniform. But I kind of thought the guy on the cover might have been John since it's like, you know, like the
1: Davenport. Yeah, that's what
2: I said. Maybe it was John. Yeah, I think it. that would be my guess is it would be the But I was just character.
1: saying you don't know. Yeah, but you don't know. And Olivia is looking out at us at the reader. And does your cover
0: say there's like a tagline on the yellow cover that says fortune favors the bold.
1: Mine says, uh, still on that one. they have wealth and reputation. Now is their chance to find love. Hmm. And this, on the back, it says fortune favors the world.
0: Okay. It, this book is in hot demand, so I don't still have a physical copy here. Yeah, I'm
1: still
2: on the hold list. Long wait list for
0: it. <laughs> I had a copy. I tried to hold on to it. It was overdue by quite a bit, so I finally let it go. I finally got a digital hold on the audio book. And that's how I how I listen to it. I'm pretty sure
2: all of my holds will come in. Both my, my digital and my um, physical hold will come in. Like now next that you week. don't need it, yeah. Yes. Now that I've bought a copy. Well, usually
0: what happens to me is I buy it and right as I've bought it, my hold becomes available,
2: <laughs> and I'm like, ah. Oh.
0: So does anybody have thoughts right off the bat? I do.
2: Go I like this book, huh. um, which is not a great, you know, <laughs> it's like, there you go. I liked this book. Um, I wanted to start with that. I, I like this book. I think it's interesting that not the author or the book itself, my, I guess, issue um, is more with how it's being marketed as a romance. This is a romance book and it gets compared to the Bridgertons a lot because it's the 1910 and like they're trying to like play up that that love of, of Bridgerton and romance and stuff. And so I went into this only knowing the publisher's description and that it was marketed as a romance book. So when I, I read this book and I got to the end, I was like, huh, because in romance books, generally, if there's a series, I knew it was a book number one. Um, but if there's a series of romances, like the Bridgertons, you get a happy, you get a you get a happy ever after. You get an end of a story. Like not everybody's yeah. story, not everything gets wrapped up, but somebody's relationship gets wrapped up, and they end up with a happily ever after. And this book does not end that way. Um, it's one not of them, one of them does. Well, it, I, um, I, it doesn't get concluded. She walks out of the store, and she's like, "I stole this dress," and like we never
1: see her again. So like she still hasn't talked to her mother. She hasn't like they were making out. Yeah, but. It makes it seem like they're together now. I yeah. mean, but they haven't dealt with her parents and like all I the- know
0: Sarah and I talked about this earlier, but um, I'm going to talk about ALA again. We went to like a session that was about romance. Uh-huh. And I learned some interesting things about it. But to be a true romance, you have to either have a happily ever after or a happy for now. And I didn't really feel like we got much of that
1: from you any of them. think this is happy for them. now?
0: Maybe, but they haven't. It's not a it's, true ending. But it isn't concluded. I do agree with Patty on that note. Yeah, so
1: it may... Yeah. They're
0: happy, but are they going to be happy once the parents find and out? And the story and that isn't not sure. finished.
2: And like in a true romance, that story would be finished. Right. Like that storyline. Um, And that's not any fault of the book. Like the book is... I enjoyed the book. I think my expectations were that at least one couple was going to get the completed happily ever after. And then the next book would focus on like another couple and that like that sort of way. There'd be four books and they'd follow follow each couple and like kind of like, since it gets compared to the Bridgertons so much, like the Bridgertons. And so I was surprised by the end. I didn't think it was interesting because I'm reading it on my iPad. So it tells me how, like percentage wise, how far I'm through the book, mm-hmm. and like I happen to notice, like right around eighty eight percent of the way through the book, all four couples get together and they're like decided and they're gonna they're gonna live their happily ever afters, and then the last twenty percent of the book just boom boom is boom boom crumbling? she goes through and crumbles every single one of them, and I'm like wait what is happening? <laughs> this is not going to wrap up, and because I'm reading it on a on a tablet, I don't see how much. How much further I've gotten, and I got to the last page, and the next page was the author, the notes, and I was like, "Wait, what? What? That?" I, I think I said out loud, "That's the end." I had a
0: similar reaction. I was like, because I kept asking, I I didn't see you because right I, to Sarah, I was like, "Have you finished yet?" And like she hadn't, and I was like, "I really want to talk about how this end <laughs> is not
1: an end." Like, it's just nothing. Well, I finished it and immediately flipped to the author part where she's like, I'm going to be writing more about these characters. I didn't 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 realize it was going to be a
0: series. But I had really high hopes for this one. Yeah. And it, it did okay on one part, but I didn't really like it. I found a lot of it repetitive and sort of boring and very predictable like rom- for the for, for the, the romance part of it and the relationships
2: i will say that's the part that i was least interested in like i liked i was much more interested in the girls like their lives like the romance part was interest you know the, the i, I was i if there hadn't been romance in it i would've been just as interested in these girls like i was more interested in like Olivia gets into the activism and like that part of like what being black in America in 1910 was like, and that was interesting to me. And um, Amy Rose, is it Amy Rose? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Amy Rose, and her dreams of like she's she's very much kind of like um, influenced by Madame C.J. Walker, mm-hmm. like you can kind of tell, and like that's what she's interested in the salon, like. I would have happily read about her and her opening a salon and yeah. stuff and like and and Ruby and her parents and that and her dad running to be the first black mayor and like what's happening with them that was really interesting to me.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to uh,
2: more than the romances
0: that were that's happening. That's what I was going to say. I liked the historical elements of it and I liked how it was telling like a like a story of a black family like of power and wealth. That was successful. In, in the era that was successful, and about the carriage company, which was based on, on a true story. Which yeah. is, I
1: think, a different Which I thought was cool because I don't and, think a lot of
0: people know mm-hmm. about that. So I thought it was an interesting perspective. Like it was telling a new story. Yeah. I felt it like.
1: It wasn't just about them suffering, which a lot of, there yeah. have been a lot of stories about the people of color suffering during that era. And not that they didn't face racial issues because they certainly do. Right. But. They that didn't the have that kind of like, you that know, I anguish was done that well. a lot of times you see portrayed with the, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. everything's unfair and they don't have money and they don't have like, because these folks, for the most part, are living pretty good lives. Good. Yeah,
0: But yeah, that's what I liked. And that's the part I thought was done well and was different. But the rest of it for me kind of let me down a little bit. I will say. It was that. super predictable. I'm I was
2: like, very assumed. sorry to say that. As soon as, like, the first conversation that Olivia had with Washington and he, like, I was gonna insults say. her incredibly. I was like, right. oh, they're getting married.
0: Like, <laughs> Sarah, you were saying earlier, which I think, like, as soon as a yeah. character oh, entered as soon as the they, scene, Yeah,
1: <laughs> introduced the, each male character, you could tell, like, this is the one that she's going to end up with. I also felt like, for me... The male characters, the love interest characters were a little too interchangeable. Like the the only strong difference in my mind between them was like their profession, yeah. maybe their accent, but it wasn't like their personalities yeah. kind of felt very they much the same. They were just there to be the love interest. And I think that's yeah. why what, I, what like. I was
0: feeling was repetitive because the relationships for each of them, they were the exact same thing. But like you said, they had minor different details like their jobs or whoever but you could read it change the names and it would be the same story
2: (laughs) also i like as soon as they introduced john i knew what his deal was gonna be i was like "Mm, uh, mm, okay no and then you know as soon as ruby starts scheming to like not john
1: Mr. Lawrence. Mr. Lawrence.
2: Yes. yes. As soon as they introduced Mr. Lawrence, I was like, I knew oh. there was something there. Yeah. Too. You know,
1: that I was not a twist that did not shock me no. whatsoever. But
2: so, like I said, I I didn't care about the romance part of it. I cared about that's what's amazing to me. She has created four very different and distinct women characters that I feel like had their sort own. Sort of. I mean, I think she did. She did a pretty decent job. I do wish. I, don't I want to quite think- understand why their parents are such like here Sarah here's here's a here's a book where everybody has parents and they <laughs> well, call Wayne Rose.
1: Rose does not yeah but Way I too was going to say the two
0: sets of parents in the book those could also be interchangeable That's, because I agree with that. They too. are not distinctly they different did not get to me. They didn't personalities at all.
1: No. Other than their history like their backstories did you know that Olivia's father being an escaped slave and him looking for his brother but when he's actually like on the page, having dialogue, and there's just not, not very a lot, much of it, you know. It, and the two mothers, especially, I I'll had to always be like, "Wait, which mother? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah." They're the same mother. And I'm like, I,
2: I, yeah. And like, I clearly, this book was very readable. I read it in like two days. Like, I just yes, I, it's I, fast read. It's a fast read. It's good. It's like I don't want to say I didn't. It's not that I didn't enjoy it, because I did. I almost want I like want to challenge the author to write more. Like, well, make she's going to. You don't she have to is, her. I know. But it's like, make it longer. Make it more in-depth. Dive into those things. But then I have to stop and think, okay, wait. This is technically a book for teenagers. It is not for me. And I think teen Patty would have absolutely eating this up with a spoon because i didn't read a lot of romance then so all these all these things that i say are tropes and oh of course i figured that out oh i knew that like maybe i wouldn't have then because i didn't read a lot of romance so i, I wouldn't have been expecting oh of course that one is the 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 poor relative who's not like has any money <laughs> or like oh yeah. of course
1: that one is you know gonna fall in love with the maid or like whatever um I liked the romance elements um even though I do feel like they were predictable but that's sort of the nature of the genre I think that's you go to it in part because that's what you want to see Yep um I was more not a happy ending <laughs> Well <laughs> yeah. right I do think um I want to note so, since you've mentioned it's compared to Bridgerton a couple times like this is not spicy at all No so if you are afraid about letting somebody young read this knowing that Bridgerton is pretty spicy this is very PG. yeah this is definitely there's written kissing. for there's kissing this and that's is about written it. for a teen audience where Bridgertons are written right. for adults like this is very clearly a teen so I'm just book. selling that yes because yes. I don't want anybody to get scared away by the Bridgerton oh, yeah. c- yes. comparison w- but uh I I don't know I I wanted more um of the details of that's what I was gonna say like they do a lot of dances and stuff, and I feel like I really would love to hear more details about what does the room look like, what are people wearing what are the what's the music that's being played like i've i I wanted more of that detail than was on the page. I feel like the carriages were
0: described in more detail. well, they're important well, I know sort of <laughs> i mean kind of, but there's not a lot of world building or I mean, and I know we know Chicago area, or sort of, you know, a city. But I, like Sarah, wanted a lot more description of things.
1: I did want some more descriptions of the. clothes. I wanted to know about the house clothes in particular. But I feel like it probably would have slowed things down to get into that. And maybe again, because it's a teen audience, they don't really maybe care about like what the jewelry looks like. I don't know. Although we did care about about clothes and jewelry. It is a book. We
0: got a lot of description of Ruby's necklace. Yeah, <laughs> it is a book that I think would do very well
2: translated to screen. I agree with yeah. that. I agree with but that.
0: Speaking of clothes, you know, like in the opening scene, really, she buys that bolt of yellow fabric, and the whole oh. cover is yellow. Thought Where that was going to come back. Is the fabric oh, because was it was here, a really it felt book really two, important. Book too because she made a whole thing about how she was buying it because she liked it but also to make a point to the shopkeeper, but her mother would not approve of this color at all. So I really felt like this yellow was going to come into play somewhere. It didn't. And no. it didn't. I guess that's just showing And the showing cover her. was yellow,
1: so I thought maybe it was like an important- <laughs> she's showing her side that she's not going to necessarily- I guess. Like she's going to do what appeals to her and not necessarily what's expected of her, which is what they well, all I, kind well, of struggle with. All which the characters is sort that's of struggle about. with um, society's expectations of them. And that is interesting- I mean, I think that women still deal with that, of course, but not to the extent that these women did in that time frame. So, And I really thought it was interesting, too. I,
2: I really liked the inclusion of Amy Rose and her storyline and her struggles because as a, a mixed child and like how she doesn't sort of fit in in they, either world. And, and, and they brought and that in with Harrison Barton. Yeah, so? Harrison. Her, right. Mr. Yes. Barton as yes. well. And I, that's mm-hmm. they were seen as because you are only one generation removed from slavery. If you were white, you were seen as someone who had had a slave owning parent, which I, I think know, is. But interesting. I still
0: feel like it's terrible to punish a child. It is terrible to
2: punish. It's terrible to punish a child. It's terrible to punish anybody. But I'm like, not saying, like in any yes. case, <laughs> I just think, how was it Amy Rose's <laughs> fault? <laughs> it's not. I just liked that that was included, and in like that we got that yeah. glimpse into society and things because i hadn't really thought about that that was not something and this was also a time period i don't know a ton about i know some just because
1: well the stories that i've read about like the that period like i said or alluded to like are set in the south and you know so this was a different definitely a different for me geographical point of view if that makes sense, on well, that era. it does,
2: because, so, you know, we always give a, what would you recommend, you know, reading like this? And this isn't something I'd, like, really recommend our listeners, but the whole time I was reading it, it kept reminding me of The Warmth of Other Suns, um, which is a nonfiction book about the Great Migration. And it's, it's very well written. I have to look up the author. Hold on. But... Um, the whole time i i kept thinking about that book because that book follows four or five people's stories and she tells their stories of how they migrated to the north and it's set in like different time periods across the time of the great migration so you get one that's like early in the great migration and one that's later and so you get these stories and i was like oh this is just kind of reminded me of that and because it talks about the jim crow laws in the south and why people were moving up north and stuff and then when we got to the author's note she actually mentions that book in particular as one of the books that she was influenced by to write this book and i was like huh okay <laughs> so i'm not crazy this is reminding me of that <laughs> isabella wilkerson is the author of the warmth of other Suns*, the epic story of america's great migration
1: did you all have a favorite uh, I was going to ask that. Favorite character? Favorite character of the female Who the leads? favorite leading lady is? Yes.
2: I think I like Hannah. Haley, Ooh, sorry. Helen. 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 God. <laughs> Do you I <that>? <laughs> don't remember her name. You <sighs> <I> can't, <laughs> y'all. I like when when what's her that, face. I was like, <laughs> The one that there starts with no an A.
1: <laughs> Did you read the right <laughs> book? <laughs>
2: The one that's not Olivia, not Amy Rose, not Ruby, the one with the uh, H
1: name. Helen. Helen.
2: I liked Helen, the (laughs) one that (laughs) liked cars.
1: Cool. (laughs) Did you have a particular reason you liked Helen? I,
2: I liked Helen because she sort of had this like, she had a very particular idea of like how she wanted to live and it was not. How anybody else wanted her to live. Yeah. And I like how she's sort of, her story's not over yet. And I'm super curious how, it, like, I just get the feeling that she is going to manage to merge her two worlds very well. Like, she seems like she is capable of doing that. Yeah, I and, think
0: she's going to make it happen.
2: Yeah. And I also enjoyed, <laughs> she was, she was the funniest one to me. Like, her and um her etiquette teacher, <laughs> and, like, her etiquette lessons and stuff. I found that particular her her hatred of them particularly amusing (laughs) and like I just liked her a lot and um so she was probably my favorite of them
0: I also really liked Helen she is but I also really like Amy Rose so I don't I don't know which one I would say is my ultimate favorite but I I liked how Amy Rose was gonna make it happen for her too like she has plans she's working towards plans like yeah She's gonna do it.
1: I think I liked Amy Rose the best because of that too, because she was not only like Helen wanted to do things, but Helen was really still counting on her brother to make it happen. And the other two girls were counting on getting married to make it happen make things happen for them. And they were and Ruby was trying to get married for her father's sake, and I think Olivia kind of was too, even though it wasn't as direct. But Amy Rose seemed like she wanted to do what she was gonna do. For herself. Like she was making her own because plans. of a man. She was saving her money. Right. Like, but
0: she
2: has to though. Like I know. her place in society gives her that freedom a little bit.
1: Like she doesn't have money, but she does have freedom from expectations. I just enjoyed that and element of the story. Yeah, yeah. Better. And yeah. I was interested. I wanted to, I was hoping she was going to get that salon off the ground in this book so that I could read about it. Because I did want to hear about that.
0: I think my least favorite character was probably Olivia.
1: Olivia felt the most bland to me. Bland and predictable for me.
2: Which is interesting because it feels like Olivia is supposed to be the main, main character. And I think that's part of what kept making me be like, Which is also, I think, the other thing. If this were a real romance book, the, this book would mainly be about Olivia and her mm-hmm. choices and yes. it would have ended with a happily ever after for Olivia. Right. And then the next book would probably be about Ruby because I think the next book would have to be about her and she had her the most father's progression. campaign yeah. and like she had the and like that would be the natural next main focus like you can have the other relationships sort of happening in the background. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like so the next book would probably be actually would wrap up Ruby and Possibly John's because he would be involved in the Ruby storyline because she likes him. Mm-hmm. So that would like need to get. That's how I would have done it, but I am not the author. Um, and again, it's not the author or this book's fault that it got no. marketed but as, to a and as a male. romance. Not follow a romance, Like formula, and but, but if
0: that's especially not what writing, in comparison to Bridgerton, <laughs> maybe like that's not what you go was. sibling by sibling right. in Bridgerton.
2: Which is if that's not what she's writing, that's not what she's writing, and no. it's not her fault. And, right. <laughs> I should not hold I her mean, accountable for not writing what I want.
1: They, they say, they uh, at the back of the book are some Q&A with the author. And they asked her, whoever interviewed her, said, why did you want to write a romance specifically? And she said, the simple answer is writing romance is fun.
2: Well, I mean, I'm not going to argue that
1: if I were going to call this a book, I would call it a historical romance, like if I had
2: to put it in a genre because... It is historical and it does have, and romance as a main part is, of it. Love, love is, is in there. Love is in there. It's just not a typical. I mm, would call it historical first, but yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. But I will say, I just, I, I did like, I just like that it's a, a different sort of story than we've gotten.
0: Of the, you know, male counterparts to the relationships, I think I liked Mr. Barton the best. I did too. Well, yeah, the others kind of. It was fun. Like I think that. Um, go ahead. Genuinely, like interested in Ruby, like that was his like sole focus. They right. met, they had that moment, and then that was his focus. It was for him. It was that romance.
2: Yeah, I think he the kept, others. Mister. Barton's living in an entirely different book, where he's, right? Like, in a romance
1: with but the he, Ruby, and he kept making all these yeah. like gestures, and he got her oh, necklace yeah. back, he and was like super I don't know. Yeah. No, the others. All had kind of um, a misstep along the way. Maybe not Washington, but there was something about Washington's personality that I, I was just, like, I didn't. It like was a little too Washington much like I know everything. Yeah, pompous. Let me teach you. And I kept waiting. Which I know Olivia was very naive. Like mm. he wasn't wrong about how naive she was and how she, you know, was probably like a bird in the gilded cage sort of scenario. She's very sheltered, yeah. Right, yeah. But, Because um, her parents made her, like that I they know. wanted her to be very sheltered. But I feel like that doesn't mean she doesn't have anything that she could teach to him, Right. But it felt very one-sided in the... Yeah.
0: But even, but with Mr. Barton too, you got a lot more of his backstory, I feel like, than you got from the other characters. Like you learned about his upbringing That's and his true. parents. That's true, he was more You learned about his extracurriculars, like he was playing baseball and right. like... I don't know. There yeah. was just well, more to that story. I got more of that world. I think from get, that you
2: couldn't do. You couldn't go into Mister Lawrence. No, I without know, giving it was away supposed his to it's a mystery. Like, it's a mystery. His yeah. stuff. And then Washington's like, eh, you know, I, I I do agree. He just I kept waiting. I kept waiting for Washington
1: to turn out to be like evil. <laughs> I don't know why I thought he was going to be. No, I didn't think he was evil. It was like a that from the beginning when they first met, I was like, okay, this is like the Mr. Darcy character. Where like you guys don't see eye to eye and blah, blah, blah. But she almost immediately caved to like, oh, yeah, you do know everything. But
0: I did know he was (laughs) going to put Olivia in a bad situation and it did happen. Yeah. Yeah. But she didn't seem upset about it. I think he was the dangerous option. Like, you know.
1: He is the dangerous right. option. Like it's not this, safe. I think she really did though. You know, she fell in love with him, but she also oh, no, fell I in know. love with like the the cause and Right.
2: And I like I actually if we maybe we do get a happy ever after for her because I like her decision that and her realization that the the cause is more than just going around. Raising awareness, it's sticking around and doing the work.
1: And she says, like, she loves Chicago. Yeah, and and that mm -hmm. she
2: is in a position where she can do the work. And so, like, maybe her happy ever after isn't with it. I mean, like, society's going to make her get married. She's going to have to get married because, like, that's what she has to do. But, like. Maybe it's not with this guy. Maybe, maybe in the next book they introduce another guy and she gets another guy,
1: or she goes to Philadelphia, or he comes back because or he, he comes can't live back. Without
2: her. Who knows? <laughs> I am, but yeah. Of all the romances, I think I'm most invested in John and
1: Amy's. Oh, mainly because I'm disappointed with John. Oh,
2: I'm very I'm, disappointed I'm with John. Disappointed John. I am extremely disappointed with John. I
0: really want Ruby and
2: Mr. Barton to work out. Yes, I do. I do. So I think I'm the most invested in them. I would say, yes, I'm most invested in them. And then I just want John to grow up and grow up, pair. Right. stick up for Amy
0: Rose and like. Fully step out of the father's shadow. Yes. And because he wants different things and he needs to just. The whole time I kept thinking,
2: man, their lives would be so much
1: easier if they just wait till their dad's dead. Well, (laughs) I don't think it was just the dad, though. The dad pointed some stuff out to him, but the dad is right in some things. Like, you know, he's from a certain society level that when he introduces his wife and is like, you know, she used to be my maid, that's... That's not going to fly with a lot of these people. Where
2: I didn't like his dad and where I thought his dad overstepped is basically the, you can marry her, but I'm going to disinherit
1: you. Oh, yeah, for sure. And his dad never listening to their ideas about the carriage business and stuff was frustrating. I was like, God, come on, Because like that, you know, I think it was pointed out by one of the characters, I can't remember whom, like when he started the carriage business, it's not like he knew what he was doing, so... Also, there are cars. Cars are coming. Right, like, <laughs> you need to get with the times. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I f- I do feel like it's easy for us to be like, well, just marry the maid. But I think that yeah, his parents been... know that that sets you up for a lifetime of not side a, glances, yep. and you know, her not really ever quite fitting in.
2: I, I think I'm most intrigued by the way that story ended. I don't want to give too much away, but like the way that I was like, oh wait, what is,
1: what is this? What is this letter that has come for her? I'm like. Yes. And that did, that story did, maybe that's why I liked her the best too. That one didn't play out exactly like, there were some surprises in that one, more than, more than in the other storylines for me. Yeah. I really was like, Maybe I should be rooting for Tommy. I don't know if y'all... I I did. I, thought, I was like, is, like, is Tommy she going to be up the one Tommy? for her? Because <laughs> he seems like a good I guy know. from the few... I think he was in like only yes. two scenes of the book, but I liked but him. But they, like they
0: felt important every time Tommy popped in. Yeah. So yeah. I was surprised there wasn't more and he was clearly to important Tommy's story. To her. Right.
2: Yeah, I was like, wait, oh, Tommy, Tommy, I do and kind he, of wonder if Tommy ended up on a cutting room floor somewhere. Maybe he'll <laughs> come
1: back in the other books because he actually—I feel like his personality was more distinct to me than the other. Gentleman. Maybe, maybe we will get it. Maybe he will show up again. If and you're like, listening, Crystal Marquis, <laughs> Marquis, and you'd like to write more about Tommy, more about Tommy, <laughs> we'd be okay with that. Sarah wants some Tommy. <laughs>
2: I just, I just liked him. I just want to know. know what he's doing out west. Tell me how he's doing.
1: He seemed enthusiastic
2: and Spin-off series. <laughs> Let's let her finish this series he first. He liked horses. <laughs> who doesn't like horses? I mean. And people who are like probably. <laughs> people scared of big animals. I don't know. Lots of people probably don't like horses. And I, I,
1: that was another thing that I was hoping for more because they're like, what do you really love, Olivia? Uh, Washington asked her. And she's like, well, I love horses. And then she rode like maybe one other, like that kind of went away. <laughs> I love horses so much. I'm going to ride one more time. Well,
0: at first she couldn't even think of anything though. Like, I know. You know which was that's sad, which part is, of what I was like. You're so boring. But I, also- <laughs> <laughs> well, worse, I thought Poor that was Olivia. really sad. I know. She can't think of anything. She, she wasn't loves. ever allowed. I know. She well, I know. I horse. get it. I yeah. get it.
1: <laughs>
2: I think what my biggest takeaway from this is that Catherine would not do well were she transported back to 1910 and forced to live the life of a lady. I don't know. You would chafe under that society's rules and expectations so hard? But it would be
0: different, I feel like. I would have been raised for that society. I don't know. But yeah, no, I would be more
2: like Helen, I feel like challenging the norm yeah i got st- i just oh my god
1: every parent in this book and frustrated me so much so much
2: every conversation with every parent made me mad well
1: i liked i think her name was Jessie, the one that was sort of amy's surrogate uh, yeah those mom. they were fine that but i meant the actual
2: parents of yeah the, but like the, the Tremaines and the davenports oh god i'm just like oh. i am curious though because we get little hints about the Davenport parents and like what their lives were like. And I'm like, I am like, I enjoyed this book and I I want the continuation and want to find out what happened to these kids. But if she ever gets done with this and wants to write a like prequel, prequel? Mm-hmm. I would be really interested to read that story, how they well, met and how they like, and I'm also hoping, I I mean, surely we're gonna get like, they're looking for their uncle, like he's been lost. They haven't, right. been like that's gotta come up later and, I feel like we're going to get some more there, maybe. I,
1: I mean, I get it. They have worked so hard to get to where they are. And, like, not just to make it, but to, like, go beyond making it into to being very successful and influential people. And so I get why they wouldn't want their kids to just throw that away by not making the right marriage or, or whatever. But, but they were aggravating because you didn't – well, who was it? Because, like I said, the moms get mixed up in my head. I think it was Ruby's mom. That told the story of, like, how she had had a different love. Yeah. Yes. And uh, so you got a little glimpse into her.
2: And, like, Olivia's mom, Mrs. Davenport, when she finds Olivia about to leave, and she talks about how her and Mr. Davenport were activists when they were younger and, like, the dangers of being in that
1: life. and Right, that they were like, we decided we need to help in other ways. Yes. That are, yeah.
2: And so I was like, I... I don't even want their story of how they got together. I'm interested in that part of their life. I'm like, tell me about that. Like, cause that was, you know, I do wonder, I understand the idea that you want to shelter your children, but I feel like they're, they do their children a disservice when they don't tell their children about their experiences, their painful, their painful, their lives. Like I think their kids don't know much about what their lives were like. And like, I know, like, I don't know. I, I wish they had told their kids more or something. Maybe they would understand things. Or uh, Beats me. Also, let Helen play with cars. <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: Well, before we move on to Rita Lakes, um, I've been watching... Well, I've been binge-watching Family Matters. And there's an Amy Rose connection in Family Matters. Okay. Yeah, I know. Uh, Mother Winslow is telling laura about their family history and there's like a strong female in their family history named amy rose huh. who like i don't remember what amy rose did in the family matters story but it also takes place in chicago family matters so i was like
2: huh I wonder if these are the same amy rose was crystal marquee i mean she'd probably be the right age to be like in the right. family matters when she was younger <laughs> maybe i don't know
0: i just thought that because i was watching it and i was like Wait. Aiden <laughs> Rose. Because I was reading that book at the same time and I was like, whoa. <laughs> so it would be an interesting tie in. If I met Crystal Marquis, that would be a question I would ask. Okay. Right. Yeah. Just thought it was interesting. But does anybody have any read-alikes? Other than you already mentioned one. So howdy. I had the,
2: the, the warmth of other signs. Yeah. Um, which is an adult nonfiction book, although it it is it is one of those books that reads like fiction. It's also very long, which I can see being intimidating some people. But the other, I'm gonna go younger. I'm gonna go a little bit younger than our normal, a middle grade book, um, which is a little bit, it's called One Crazy Summer by Rita Williams Garcia. And it just sort of bookends um, the civil rights journey. It's a historical fiction, but it's set in the 60s instead of 1910. So it's sort of that other side of the civil rights movement about a girl, She is one of three sisters and they go in 1968, they get sent to Oakland, California to go spend a summer with their estranged mother who left a long time ago. And they get involved. It's just like their daily lives. And they get involved with the black Panther party because black Panthers, um, have a summer camp that feeds them. And I learned a lot about like what the black Panther party did in the community. And, it's all about like getting to know their mother and getting to know themselves and also kind of learning to love themselves as black girls and like empowering themselves and, and the civil rights movement. And it, it has a lot of the same feelings, I guess just on a younger scale. Cause it doesn't have the romance and the kids are, are like, I think 12 and younger. So it's, it's a middle grade, but it's extremely well written. And then it just feels, feels similar so that would be my not really read alike but uh, something to read with. What
1: about you Sarah? Um, I found a couple but uh, I have not read either one of these. Um, The first one is called Mirror Girls which is a YA novel by Kelly McWilliams and um, it is about biracial twin sisters one who presents as black and the other who presents as white and they are living during the um, period of Jim Crow and trying to um, uncover the truth behind their parents' murders. So I don't think there's romance in that one, but it's in the right era, and it's about sisters. So if you like that era or you like sister relationships and race um, you know, issues being addressed, maybe Mirror Girls would be good. And then the other one, I was looking for a book about um, Madam C.J. Walker because I also saw the influence in that Amy Rose character with her. And I found this one that's called She's So Boss, The Girl Entrepreneur's Guide to Imagining, Creating, and Kicking Ass. Am I allowed to say ass on the podcast? I think if it's the title of the book. <laughs> okay. So, and that's by Stacey Kravitz, and that is a nonfiction book, but they, um, she goes into looking at a lot of, um, you know, powerful women throughout history, including Madam C.J. Walker, but it's kind of how, how they kind of succeeded and advice on how you can also succeed If you have ideas for your own business as a young woman. I
2: will say, so we mentioned her a couple of times. (laughs) And like, I'm like, of course, everyone knows who Madam CJ Walker is. But if you don't, I'm telling you right now, take a moment, Google her. Did you
1: say right now? I did. did. Sorry.
2: (laughs) That's my southern joke.
1: (laughs) (laughs)
0: I had a moment last episode, so
2: something's um, happening. I'm telling you right now.
0: It's Sarah's turn next time.
2: You get yourself to the (laughs) library. I was going to go online and Google Madam C.J. Walker and just read a little bit about her. She is a really cool person to read about if you don't know about her. The first
1: black female millionaire in the United States who made her fortune doing hair products. Yep, beauty products. Yeah.
0: I had a really hard time finding read alikes. So I, I turned to Novelist, okay. which is one of our digital resources here at the library, um, which will give you author read alikes, title read alikes, series read alikes. It'll recommend things to
2: you. That's all I'm saying. But
0: I don't really like any of the ones Novelist <laughs>
2: gave me either. So you can use this tool, but mm, you might I not mean, like them.
0: they... <laughs> Depending on the different elements of the story you're looking for. There wasn't anything that was just like a straight read alike because I do think this is a new story. Yeah. Right. I do I think, think that's, like yes. I said that earlier. This I is agree. something new and something different. So it makes sense that I'm having a hard time yeah. finding now, is this something a deb- as deb- a author a good, as well. Yes, it's a debut. Yeah. Okay. She's
1: actually a biologist. So, oh, that's cool. So well
0: done. I yes. Mean, really. But oh, some of the ones, w- I'm sorry,
1: she's an environmental health and safety manager for the world's biggest bookseller. Oh, that's kind of cool, but yeah, her background's in biology.
0: Some of the ones it recommended that I have read is Pride by Ibiza Boy. And I mean, it's I can kind of see it, it's a it's, it's a, black it's a retelling on Pride and Prejudice, which is historical, but the story itself, this Pride is not historical. It um, takes place, I think, in New York City. But it does talk about race, class, family, um, and there's relationship in there. So Since that's what you're looking sort for. Sort of, I guess, if you're looking for that. Um, another one it recommended was Street Love by Walter Dean Myers. That one, mm. less to me. Yeah. Uh, other than it has love and relationships in it. And they're black.
2: I do think that that's a lot of like I think that was really throwing. But I feel like that's a
1: reach. I do think it was because yeah, you've got um, historical black romance where the characters are from an affluent you know they're going to balls and stuff. It's not about and
2: like there is that that does exist in the adult romance world, but in teens Mm -hmm. there's just not yeah a lot of it done. And then the other one I read was Concrete Rose by angie
0: thomas and i don't get that one at all other than the characters are black <laughs> yeah that's kind of it it's historical but historical in like the 90s yeah, <laughs> yeah which, is is not, not, if which is that's not which right is not the right to me <laughs> i hate calling that historical yeah <laughs> it makes me feel very old uh, and i mean there is romance in it but it's not it's not the same kind of story to me at all and i mean these are all good books yeah mm-hmm, but are. in their own right like I don't know. I don't see the strong comparison.
2: It there. is really hard. Like I the book I went with, it's more of a of a feeling and it's like that that like it's not really anything like this book. It's just it makes a good companion read, but honestly, I like if I were going to recommend anything, it would be The Warmth of Other Suns because that's the most right. And since it's a debut author, I can't even recommend the author's
0: other titles. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but There'll be but another, there'll I be feel a like that says a lot, Davenports. it read stands them. out. Yes. Yeah. Like there are not comparisons to it yet. So do read it. I was going to say, like, let us know what you think.
2: I was like, here's the thing. Would I recommend this book to a teen?
1: Yes. I always, like I always say yeah. it depends on the reader, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm not going to recommend it to every single yeah. teenager. Well, like you I know, said, it, like, yeah, for me, it wasn't necessarily
0: for me. There were elements of it that I really liked, which I talked about. So, yes, I think I would recommend it. Yeah. Because just because I don't love something doesn't mean somebody else doesn't love it. I mean, and that's clear to see on, like, Goodreads that's, and other oh places. Oh, my gosh, so. yes.
1: Yeah. It's not dystopian, so it's not my first pick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so, and my go-to is usually, you know, it's got fantasy or magic or stuff <laughs> like that in there. Right. So,
2: yeah i, I think it's i weird. would still recommend it that i think i might be the one that liked it the most and i'm the one that normally really does not like historical fiction <laughs> that is funny it's so weird
0: <laughs> but i do like historical
2: and that's the part of it that i, I said know. i liked so <laughs> yes that
0: makes sense now that i'm thinking back on it but patty it is your turn to tell us what we're reading next it is and we oh, decide and it's historical too isn't it yeah, yeah, I yeah, just thought it about this.
2: It is. It's not quite as it's, it's almost quite as it's nineteen twenties. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have to stop and think about
0: it. So spoiler, I already knew what it was. She's not surprising <laughs> me with this title.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh we do talk about it beforehand. She's surprising you maybe. Surprising all of you. Um we decided to do a retelling. So I looked around, there are lots and lots of retellings of classic works of literature, but the one I picked is These Violent Delights by Chloe Gong, which is a sort of retelling-ish of Romeo and Juliet, which is, looking back, I can't believe I picked this book because I hate that Shakespeare play. (laughs) But (laughs) I went with this one and it's set in 1926 Shanghai and there are two gangs and there's, so there's like, of course, the love interest is from one gang and the other gang, but there's also some fantasy because there's like a fantastical monster, I think, that comes in. I have not read this yet, Um, but it is on my list of things to read, so I was going to make all of us read it. Um... And they have to, of course, work together to save the world or save their save their world. At least, <laughs> I believe is the thing I got from it. I don't. I don't want to read the whole like the whole synopsis. Yes.
1: Romeo, Juliet, it's, Shanghai, nineteen twenty, magic. I mean, that's really all I want about it. Those are your keywords. Those, that, and those those were enough keywords that I was like, yeah, I need to,
2: I need to read this. All righty. This has been another episode of Spill Lit by the Gwinnett County Public Library. I'm Patty. I'm Catherine. And I'm Sarah. And we want you to join us next time when we spill the tea on these violent delights. And remember to like, review, and subscribe. And until next time, keep reading.